Hello, I'm Grant Howitt, this is Chris Taylor, and we are the Hearty Dice Friends. We are here to answer your questions on RPGs, whether you want us to or not. I'm having a very special recording session today, because I'm moving house. So while a skilled man uh, disassembles a bed in the other room uh, where I normally record and puts all of our all of our items into boxes i'm sort of i'm laying on my side next to a microphone on the bedroom floor recording like a child so, playing with lego i'm imagining it more like a um a sultry boudoir photography session that's that's less likely in well, all I'm, honesty. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm I think posed. you're playing with I'm, your toy cars i'm posed I'm 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 laying on my side. I'm I'm I've I've, I've got my head on my on, in the crook of my arm, and I'm slowly removing my clothes. <laughs> Whilst a man takes pictures. What a surprise that will be for the man removing the items from my house. <laughs> Take these clothes. I don't need them anymore. <laughs> you just sort, sort of lean on the door frame. The others. <laughs> <laughs> just lean on the door frame. Like you're doing a wonderful job. <laughs> Do you um? Do you want a thing cup of tea? Just very slowly pulling the cord on your dressing gown. <laughs> Revealing a second smaller dressing gown. <laughs> <laughs> Which you then instantly flash open. Mm. I should also note that I'm ill, so my voice is a little bit croaky. And this is really the sort of thing where we should um, not record a podcast and just go for it. But I'm, uh, if I don't record a podcast, Chris, I have to do work. Yes, and we're relentless professionals, that's what it is. That's us. So Chris, how have you been? What have you been up to? I've been I've been painting li- little people. Oh, what kind of little people? I've been painting little people. I have been what are they called? The toughest girls in the galaxy. Oh, okay. Kickstarter, which you bought me. Thank you. Um Thank acknowledgement you there. So I'm finally getting them all put together and painted. So they're, they're, they're kind of like they're kind of scantily clad murderers, isn't that the thing? Scantily clad space murder nuns, yes. Yes, and I think like the reason why I bought them for Chris is the one that Chris plays um, properly clad space murder nuns or sisters of battle in Warhammer, or he used to play anyway. And so it was, it was his birthday, and I thought, well, you know what, these are like nice models to get them for him. But also, they're a bit saucy. Can I say that? There's more underboob than you expect from your average soldier. And so I, I, I was like, I think these models are cool, but I don't want them in my house. Mm-hmm. So basically, I bought them for my perverted friend who can who I can visit. And oh, thanks, them. thanks for thanks for <coughs> perverted. No worries, man. Yeah, cheers. Look, look, you've 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 heard me talk about orcs. That's true. Oh, which brings me to my first question. Does it? Just segues yeah. in neatly. Mm-hmm. Fuck, marry, kill. Orcs, elves, dwarves. Oh God. <coughs> mm. I don't. I don't care for dwarves in any way. Really? I've never particularly liked them as a race. Mm. The only time I've ever found them amusing is when you've got like an a dwarven rogue. Oh right, yeah, like my first character. Yeah, I like like in um, MMOs and things like that when you get the big yeah. chunky animation of the of the character going little tiny knife and going yeah and just stab it <laughs> away. Um, that's the only time I like them. So I think I'm going to put them in the kill category. I'm gonna kill dwarves. Okay, he he gonna fuck and he gonna marry. Hmm. Because you have said in the previous podcast that you would most like to be in an extended relationship with an orc. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they're gonna to have to be married. Mm. And so you're gonna fuck an elf. I get to I get to do the do with the elves. 
Mm. Seems to be quite sure acrobatic. I, I imagine. I imagine it would be. It would be a fun time. Yep. You know, but I, I imagine an elf would be quite a selfish lover. Well, presumably they're selfish in every other way. Hmm. <clears throat> now I'm not sure for mine really. I, f- I feel that orcs have been heavily marginalised, but honestly, I'm not. I'm. I'm not hugely into the like the, the very gruff, tusky nature of orcs. <laughs> oh, I like a little tusk. I don't. I don't like that very much. It's not my seat. And like you know, I'm not saying they have to do it, but unfortunately, in this situation, they have to kill them because I don't <laughs> want to have sex with them. <laughs> that's that's not okay. Okay, I think I'm gonna swap orcs and dwarves. Uh, so so I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna kill orcs. I'm sorry. I'm not interested in well, having sex with them. Um, despite the game that I just released called Big Gay Orcs. Um, available on my Patreon a week early, coming out next week. Um, yeah, that's right. Plug a different patron on this one. Oh god, yeah, that's true. My my entire life is side hustles. <laughs> Got fingers in pies. I haven't walked into an office in five years. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to kill orcs, and I'm very sorry about that. And I feel bad. I'm going to marry dwarves because fiscally responsible. Hmm. Right now, you say fiscally responsible, but they're hoarders. Yeah. And that's very different. I'll, it's rare you see a poor dwarf. Yeah, but I'm thinking of the future. They're in. They're, they're just in like stacks. They're like right. tiny bearded dragons. I mean, that's hot. Don't get me wrong. That's okay. I think. Look, not my scene, but whatever you're into. Dwarves. Dwarves have like as well as well as hoarding. They have nice jewelry. They have nice. They 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 they, they keep their hair well 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 kept. They well matted into those houses. horrid dreadlocks. Well, not matted. It's 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 it's, it's plaited. Mm-hmm. Like a beautiful Viking warrior. I don't think I've ever washed it. <coughs> there are snakes living in it. You're, you're marrying an orc, mate. They live under hills. Not all of them. Where where do yours live? In a fucking boutique. No, no, that's a shop. Why would you live in a shop? They probably live above the shop. Maybe they run the shop. Why can't orcs run shops, Grant? What are you against orcs? I'm saying dwarves. Dwarves are generally well presented hmm. in a fiction. So what I'm saying is, is like I'm, I'm I'm looking to the future. I want I want a wealthy, fiscally responsible husband and or wife. <laughs> Husbife. Mm. Wifebund. Wife. Wife. My boy wife. Oh, okay. And um, it's better uh, than Gunbund. And which is health. a girl husband. Gunbund. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the M coming from? <laughs> I made that bit up. Uh, okay. Shut up. I know okay. how words work. Yeah, sure you do. Yeah. Um, and I would shag an elf because yeah, like you know, I think if they're down, gotta be a fantastic time for everybody involved. If yeah. the elf's not hugely interested, I don't want. I don't want to try and climb that hill. It doesn't sound like fun. Yeah, and like the thing with an elf, and I honestly not a huge fan of this phrase. But if ever mm. there's somebody that's mm. the descriptor of high maintenance, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's fair. That, that is going to be an elf. There's going to be some unreasonable demands put on there. Like in How 60 about? years, I want my hair done like this. I'm not going to live that long. I can't. Well, I mean, like we could think of it as like perhaps emotionally demanding, yep. rather than high maintenance. Let's go for that. And um, yeah, I can totally see that. I think elves have a uh, they 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 look at life in a different scale to us flighty humans. Yeah, I think that's going to be very difficult for me to 
to really do anything. <laughs> mm, mm. So unfortunately, we've killed both orcs and dwarves, but we do get to shag the same elf. Oh, that's awkward. Well, you know, it's bound to happen at some point. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, Chris, can you ask me a question from a listener rather than one from my own brain? <laughs> from from a, a listener? <clears throat> yeah, from a listener. Oh, yeah, or, a listener or from Reddit or what have you. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Should mm-hmm. I ignore lighting requirements when GMing? From A, B, C, D, Z. <laughs> Ran out of puff there on the alphabet. Yeah. Um... So I mean, I'm, I mean, part of me is tempted to be like, yeah, you should, like, no, you, you should, you should have a well lit uh, room so you can read your notes, which is the obvious joke. But yeah. that's that's not what they mean, obviously. What they mean is like dark vision, I presume. I assume it means like in the player's handbook, you've got like a torch does thirty feet, mm. a bullseye lantern does sixty feet, but only in a cone. It's like it's almost akin to like tracking ammunition and food, in that it's, it's not yeah. fun. It's identical to that. It's, no, it's it's only fun when that's what it's about. Yeah, for sure. And so, like, I could totally see, like, if you have um, enemies with dark vision and none of you have dark vision, and also, like, part of the issue is that most most parties have an elf or a dwarf in them who can see underground anyway in perfect... In, well, yeah, elves have low light vision and dwarves have dark vision, right? Yeah, I believe so. Or and like I think um, I think orcs have dark vision as well. Sorry, there's some apologies, listener, about the noise. By the way, for the um, the removal company, um, you should have just said it was like a lion pacing. <laughs> just you know, it's my lion. What? Yeah, is, it, is, is a lion like just putting a load of sellotape on boxes? Don't make a thing about it. Um, the where was I? Yeah. Um, if you've got like a human party and you're down, you're down creeping through the world, through, through the through the undercity, and you've got dark elves and or orcs, and, and they outpace you, and then they they outrange you, and they've got um, dark vision, then that's a really cool thing. If you can have, all right, well, you can only see up to thirty feet around you, so where are you? And at that point, that you can't see what's shooting at you, that's a really cool thing to do. But it's a ball ache. Yeah. And I think more often than not, it's just going to end, you're just going to end up hiding information from the players, which isn't very exciting. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it's it's an awful lot of auto auto failed spot hidden mm. rolls, and just an awful, like a lot of maths as well, and a lot of working out positioning and working out how far your cones of light go. And it's like the sort of thing which is fine in a computer game, and often very exciting. Like uh, was it Vermintide? Yeah, that has a couple of levels where you have to carry the torch and you can't do anything while you're carrying the torch but if you don't have the torch you get murdered by Skaven or fall down a very big hole yeah very much so but it's, yeah, and that's really exciting but I think that in, 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 in tabletop situations I think that's, uh, that's something which you should which you can afford to just gloss over unless you're really focusing on it yeah and like it's, it's generally easy enough to just go do you have a torch yes mm. good then you can see <laughs> Yeah, and like light is a cantrip for wizards and clerics, I seem to believe. Yeah. Here's a question I have for you, Chris, and it's not from a reader or from Reddit. Okay. We keep talking about about Dungeons and Dragons on this podcast a lot. We don't, we'd barely ever mention sci-fi. That's true. Why do you think that is? I'm not sure. I. And like we don't, we don't even mention urban horror all that much. We keep like whenever someone asks a question, we keep coming back. To your dwarves, your rangers, your dra- your dragons, your dungeons. 
Which is strange because I run almost <laughs> exclusively urban horror. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I haven't run a game. I, I guess I listen to a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, it's been a decade since I've run D and D. Jesus Christ, is that right? Yeah, like I mean, I've run Thirteenth Age and yeah. other systems and whatnot, but actual Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. it's been about a decade. Well. I think like, we keep coming back to that. If not D and D, then the Thirteenth Age. Then you're all like, uh, yeah, OSR, the the, fa- the fantasy rule sets. The fantasy rule set. And I'm just, want, I'm trying to work out why that is. And like, sh- like, should we have like maybe next episode we we have a ban on all Dungeons and Dragons chat? <laughs> yeah, I think we should give it a go. I, th- I, th- I think I think for me, like it's it kind of unifies in that I could say, um, okay, so I'm playing a an arbitrator in Dark Heresy. And most of the audience isn't going to understand what that is. Whereas if you say orc, everybody's going to know. I'm I'm playing an orc cleric. Oh, cool, I know what that is. I'm playing an elven ranger. Oh, I understand what that is. Because, you know, Tolkien has a much wider influence. And also, D&D is kind of the the entrance fee for being a a role-playing nerd, as far as I can tell. Yeah. You You have to do Dungeons and Dragons, and then from there you can progress onto other games. It just it just seems strange, and I guess like there's there's no single unifying sci-fi setting in that way. There's no single unifying post-apoc setting. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of very famous ones that people play, like <laughs> things like Traveller, and no one plays Traveller. Yeah, lots of people play. Lots of people play GURPS, play mate. Lots of people play GURPS. Mm, no, mate, there's a Russian botnets. Oh, okay, <laughs> just, it's all faked, like the moon landings. Yeah. GURPS, GURPS is a game written by the Illuminati for computers. It's not actually a game which... <laughs> Four hours later, I've play. made a sailboat. It's just... It doesn't... It's so difficult. <laughs> See, I like Eclipse Phase. Do you? Yeah. I mean, I, mean, like, I, I, like the, I like the setting, the ideals behind it. I'm not a huge fan of the whole, like, I am, I am a consciousness and will plug myself into a body. See, I, I like that sheathing mechanic. <laughs> sheathing. Yeah. Don't know why. I think that's funny. Um, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the silliness of it of getting put into like an octomorph. Yeah. Um, I guess... Sometimes, sometimes I'm a gorilla. Sometimes I'm a dude. But I, mean, I like the fact yeah. that you that your body can change and it means less. Yeah, and it makes death less of a thing as well. Yeah. Um, and there's there's some really interesting things with. Um, sort of villainous factions mm-hmm. who all they're looking to do is get hold of your stack i.e. your consciousness all of your mm-hmm. personality data right. and plug it essentially into a torture machine oh they're crazy that sounds bad why would you want to do that? Uh, villains well yeah but like, just we're post scarcity man stop it <laughs> <laughs> We don't need villains anymore. <laughs> don't I think, I think we do need villains. <laughs> Why, what, what, what do they want? Are I they can't, just, are I they can't not, remember. Are they not very well? Yeah, no, they are mentally unstable. Okay, because at that point, like most villainy it kind of arises out of out of want. I don't know, man. It's all about Snidely Whiplash style villainy these days. <laughs> Like we're going, we're going back. It's retro, tied, <laughs> tying princesses to the space railroad tracks. Like you know, you know how in Cowboy Bebop, where they have the wormholes that that, that put the pop out. Yeah, 
you just got you just got a space a space princess chained up. <laughs> help me! Help me! Yes. Probably would play that though. I mean, that's just space pop, isn't it? Yeah. See, I, so like as far as sci-fi goes, I really like um, Warhammer Forty Thousand. Yeah, pretty bad dark heresy, really. Yeah, but it's so. It's basically not sci-fi. Yeah, it happened. It's a fantasy game which happens to take place in an imagined future. Yeah, I mean the closest <coughs> sci-fi game I own is Numenera. Mm. That's sci fantasy. Exactly, and that's that's mm. that's as, fan, as sci-fi as I get. Like I have obviously the a lot of the Eclipse rules, Eclipse mm. phase rules are free. Yeah. Um. So I have those, but I've I've never seen a need to purchase a sci-fi setting. I think I've worked it out, you know. Yeah. I think I've worked out why I don't like sci-fi very much. Two reasons. One, Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, my exposure to science fiction from a young age was really shitty TV. Yeah. And I don't mean I'm like I'm I'm sorry, Whovians. Like I don't mean I, I, what? I don't mean the script. That's what they call themselves. I don't really. Mean, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I don't know. It was on Tumblr. Oh wow! I don't, I, I don't mean the scripting and the writing, although some of that is also bad. But mm. what I mean, what I mean is the quality of the science fiction production on on show. Like a well, lot of yeah, with a silly hat on. Yeah, or just like a rubber glove with a face drawn on it, that sort of thing. It's yeah. not, it doesn't impress me. I'm not, I'm not drawn in. I'm not scared. And the other some issue, really that scary I find, talking bins. <laughs> the other, God, they've got silly voices as well. Yeah. God, they've got they sound like accountants. I guess that's kind of the point because they are like accountants, but you know. Yeah, and I vaguely remember seeing one of the modern ones, and somebody became a paving slab at one point. What? I think somebody became a paving slab. Anyway, listen. The, 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 I think this, it was this, this, not this Johnny was Vegas. A, what's the other? Yeah, the other chunky comedian. Vegas, he, oh, oh, the lad. Um, he's on. He's an American now, isn't he? No, yeah, probably. Corden, James Corden. No, not him. Oh, he was one. He was a um a, a companion for a while. Yeah, I think that Christmas episode. Oh, he did yeah. stuff up Black Ball Tower. He's rubbish. Oh, Peter Kay. Yeah, Peter Kay. No, Phil Kay. No, Peter. No, Kay. Peter Kay. Yeah, yeah. Phil Kay is actually an actor, isn't he? Yeah, Peter Kay. He was he was a really <laughs> bloated monster, and then he became great. a paving slab, I believe. This this is this this is great. I mean, this is a real tangent. What I wanted to say was the reason why I don't like sci-fi role-playing games is because I'm very lazy, and so. <laughs> If if I need to think of a reason for something happening, I can just go wizards in yeah. almost every other setting. Or like I suppose to have that you could have radiation for post apocalyptic or wizards for urban horror. And it bothers me that I have to think of think of a reason for things being strange. Yeah. And I just I don't know anything about science. I don't I can barely put on my trousers in the morning, let alone work out how a wormhole works. I think also sci fi has has the genre of sci-fi hard sci-fi which is very accurate very science in the science fiction and like i can see why it's popular but it's not for me yeah like i i'm i'm not i i i haven't done a degree in it like i don't know no no that's fair so i can't run that and whereas there isn't a hard fantasy no it's gritty fantasy isn't it's gritty but there's not uh, there's there's not a genre that has a high barrier a knowledge barrier to enter. I suppose like historical fantasy you could you could work on 
Well, it's just historical role-playing games. Yeah, but historical fantasy? Mm, well, you know, what if what if the French Revolution, but with vampires? <laughs> I guess that could work, but this well, is like, at least a logical progression ages, through science. Vampire the Dark Ages. Yeah, that's true, yeah. That one Which game. I did, well, yeah, well, also Mage the Dark Ages and the other Dark Ages games. <laughs> Werewolf the Dark Ages. I presume those are things. It's uh, Dark Age Cthulhu as well. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Historical fantasy. Anyway, um, I should ask a question from a reader, because that was a hell of a tangent. We should. I, w- I, wonder, if the vo- I wonder if my vocal quality is different, because I'm lying down for this. I assume it is. Um, we have a question in from... Ooh. Nick. Hi, Nick. What? Hi, Nick. What are some terrific ways to make a journey interesting if it isn't the focus of your story? Do you just fast travel? Random encounters are the pits and feel like a chore. So random encounters are bobbins. Mm. Just pick them. Always choose what's more interesting. You see, here's the thing, Chris. I'm going to actually get a bit OSR on you here. A bit old school running. You? Yeah. I'm I'm becoming more old school in my old age. Here's here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I learned I learned a very important lesson. Le- lesson? When lesson? I became when I became Sean Connolly. Oh, the uh, the action to the the vocal quality of my voice is changing. It's well, a Russian. This, is, this isn't Sean Connery though. This is something else. <laughs> <laughs> that man has been in an accident. <laughs> I need you to call the hospital. Help me, please. <laughs> Save me from this. It's on my mouth. It's worming its way into my cerebral <laughs> cortex. Um, <laughs> this is all larynx. <laughs> oh gosh, it hurts. Shut up, please. Shut up. <laughs> Shave us. Stop talking to me. I'm dying. <laughs> Why are you making me say so many ash words? Put down your phones. <laughs> Stop videoing these. Oh, okay. Now, um, a very important lesson I learned when I was running live games when, we, when I used to run Zombie Lap, um, mm-hmm. a, a game Chris and I invented, and then Chris fucked off to a different part of the country, and uh, my wife and I ran it for a while. And so we used to quite finely control the player experience from behind the scenes, even though that player experience was a chaotic mess where you got torn to death by zombies and the standard player... I think the average lifespan was about six and a half to seven minutes for a character. Very That's exciting. all it needed. But um, we used to control that fairly fairly closely and like just ensure that the players had an exciting time going through the arena. And um, one of the players found out afterwards and he, and he felt really disappointed because he, he believed that he'd fought, like, he'd played the game and won the game, but actually what we'd done is tweaked it so some of his some of his team got out alive and some of them didn't. And what what it, what it had become is, like, there's the... It's the difference between sitting down and, li- and listening to us tell a story or telling a story with us. And I think that there's... That by, ha- by having random encounters, you... Sure, you might end up with some bobbins, and it's not—it's—it's not—it's not hugely interesting to sit there and for, oh, I guess we fight another five wolves, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. But if the cruelty of the encounter is taken out of the hands of the GM, you can end up with some really strange things which don't necessarily fit the example. So, 
if you pick the ones you have, then there's this kind of the the understanding that it's going to be a fair fight and it's gonna it's going to be a fair test of the players' abilities. But if you roll and it's like, oh shit, it's ten ogres. Well, that's that's like, how are the players going to solve that problem? Because they can't just use the normal abilities they've got. And that answer that, that makes some interesting questions, and it, it kind of opens it up to a uh, to an to, to an improvised thing for me. I I understand where you're coming from, mm-hmm. um, but <clears throat> to me that works in a live game where you're running about and it is a bit more chaotic. Mm. But when you're at a table mm-hmm. and the GM's just going, "Oh, you got to do some ogres." And then you've got to look up the stats for ogres. Yeah. Because it doesn't have those ready because you can't have every single thing ready from a table. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it slows the game down. Mm-hmm. Then a lot of players can't do what they want to do. Like, they want to just... Uh, ideally, they want to get to a place. That is something I want to say as well. Like, it does get in the fun way of the game. So it, it, gets, it gets in the way of getting to the fun fucking part of the game. Yeah. And I don't mind if you want to make there be an encounter on the way, mm. um, because you can theme it. You can set stuff up for later. You can have just yeah. basic NPC encounters on the road. Just like yeah. you see a farmer, yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, that deepens the world because that means that there are other people in it. Mm-hmm. Like travel is actually a really good place to put in really, really mundane stuff, mm. just to remind the players that they're not the sole people in the world there isn't yeah. them monsters merchant and quest givers <laughs> yeah there's, there's also you know there's also farms. people like there's a reason they're killing all these all these goblins they're doing yeah. it to save these farms yeah and like i think i think the the fun part of a game is when you interact with people yeah for me that, that's the fun part of a game because that, that, that's like stories are at the end of the day about human interaction and humans like other humans and so if if you've got this cool idea for an adventure sorted out but it's like oh you have to fight d3 eagles on your on, on your way there yeah then that that's kind of a ball ache but and also stop killing said, eagles they're endangered as it well not in dnd mate you don't know that you don't know my world okay sorry what, what why are your eagles endangered i killed them <laughs> they were delicious <laughs> <laughs> Your author insert god character Chris yep. the Eagle Eater went around. GM NPC. Hmm. More eagle omelets, please. Oh. No, 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 no eggs. Just use the meat <laughs> instead of eggs. That's yes. a Kiev. <laughs> no, this is scrambled. <laughs> That's mince. You can't. <laughs> we have names. For it. A, a nice eagle meringue, mm-hmm. and you whip them up. Can I get one of those eagle milkshakes, please? Thanks very much. Yeah, just blend the whole <laughs> eagle. You blend, you blend the whole thing, beak first, and then put a couple of dobs of ice cream on top. <laughs> and a very thick straw. Mm, that's good eating. <laughs> oh, this is good. Oh, dear. New straw, I've got a bit of beak stuck. <laughs> I'm hoping you've got one of those like nightmare industrial blenders so you can render the beak down to a drinkable... Yeah, and some of, those, some of those straws, they're also glasses. Love those. What? The straws that are also crazy glasses. straws that like you put oh, in the drink and they around. go up and they go around and they, they're in the glasses and mate I think I think you're asking a lot of those straws they're going to suck up an eagle yeah well they're like 12 gauge like <laughs> they're a wide bore <laughs> also like this, this this is a fantasy universe it's magic a wizard oh yeah 
in that case, grind I, that I, I eagle up real fine. I want those. I want those glasses that that form um, spectacles. Yep. So I can. So I can. Or like. Or like maybe one of those um, um, first aid hats, which have like um, you know, like a like a hard hat with with um, beers matted on it. No, but if it's magical, then they've actually got the blenders. So you just push the eagle in. <laughs> 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 Chris, you just worked on my next magical weapon. <laughs> the eagle blender. The will it blend. It's like a wood chipper that just sprays eagle bits at your enemy. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm guessing like you've got like it, it, it's it's the size and shape of a normal blender. It's plugged into a like a health potion or whatever, but it uses, <laughs> it uses a standard three prong electric plug. Um, and then like you turn it on and it functions as a normal blender but if, if, if you push it up to special and take off the lid it just sucks anything in like a reverse flamethrower it's like a black and, hole like a black hole and renders it down into a milkshake or if you turn it up to high a special fine mist you can aerosolize anything <laughs> breathe deeply what is it red dragon listen do you want to say anything to the bear before I turn this on? <laughs> <laughs> Druid, I know you're not okay with this, but we need to get past it. Is there anything you want to say? <laughs> <laughs> Last rites. Whatever whatever you need to do. But I do it quick. Point is Eagle milkshakes. That wasn't my point. The point is that um if you can if you can try and work back the idea of these random encounters into a plot or into what's going on or rather than like we're going to the dungeon and you and like you don't know what's in the dungeon you haven't planned out you know there's a dungeon and you know there's maybe goblins and then you roll ogres at that point the ogres come out and they're like oh the goblins tricked us oh like oh we, we, they they sold us a thing and we gave them our house. And so the ogres have been kicked out. Or like, there's eagles, and the goblins have eagle pets now. Yeah. And you can tie it back into the broader thing. And another thing I should note as well, so like a way you can make travel interesting. So there's a game I played uh, very recently called The Rad Hack, <coughs> which is a, a hack of the black hack, which is a hack of second ed D&D, which is a hack of first ed D&D. Which, which is, is a hack, hack of chainmail. Which is a hack of Gaddy Gygax's fevered imagination. Uh, the Rad Hack, I, play, I actually played it with my uh, nephews and nieces when we were on holiday recently. We had a lot of fun. Um, we had, uh, and it's, a, it's kind of like Gamma World. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, a, a radioactive apocalypse D20 game. And they ended up uh, taking, they ended up stealing the last vending machine back from the uh, Lobster Queen, who's a powerful psychic. Of course. <clears throat> but that, that game has a really lovely table in it. I'm not sure whether it's in the, in the Black Hack too. But it has um, a encounter reaction table, so you you have like a, a stack of enemies that you can use, or a stack of people you meet on the road, and you roll a d8, and only one of them is like wants to rob or eat the players. The other ones like runs away and regroups, roll again, or calls for help, or is terrified, or gives or like give, gives the gives the players a gift, or wants to trade with the NPCs. And I think at that point, like if you have if you assume that the interesting encounters are going to be um, people who can talk or animals which are intelligent enough to formulate plans, then rather than having these three eagles run down and run down, fly down and claw at the players, and then the eagles die, whatever, like the eagles might have a message from someone, or the eagles might just be watching. And if you like, you can roll you roll on that d8 table, and the odds of meeting someone who wants to knock the tar out of them is incredibly rare, but. 
that means that you get a lot more interesting chat out of things, and also like situations which the players can can turn to their advantage. Yeah, I do kind of like that. <laughs> just I, I have large issues with the very standard thing where you just roll some dice and suddenly three otiugs. Yeah, that's problem, rock up yeah. like what are you even doing here? Mm. I will say as well, if you get like you also need to work out why the things are fighting you. Yeah, like like and and like uh, kind of quite aside from tying it into the larger plot, like saying you know like, oh, the goblins have hawks or whatever. But like, if there are otiugs, which are they kind of like trash beasts? Is that, is that the kind of like shambling mounds, but for shit? Isn't that right? Yeah, they're they're kind of worms with legs and feelers, and they live in trash and eat decomposing stuff. Yeah, lovely. But they're the very territorial. That, yeah, and so like you have to work out why on earth they'd be fighting, and also like what their goal is, because the goal of the invariably the goal of these monsters is to kill you. Yeah. And that's like, well, like, it's really, honestly, quite rare that happens. No one's just after it's after a murder, and so like, well, unless like you've got several the players, even that the players are after murder because that's that's the tools we're given them. But like, actually, in if you're doing um, if if you've got bandits, everyone focus fires on the fighter or the defender class, take him down, nick his stuff, and run the hell away. Yeah. Like you don't have to murder these people; it doesn't matter. Or like, like steal the wizard, <laughs> pop him in a sack. Yeah, like that's like if you actually think about what's at stake here and what these people are after, you get a much more interesting scene rather than oh, here are six guys with clubs who want to murder you. Also, and I think I've said this in a previous, I've said this in a previous episode. Name your enemies and give them and give them traits. Yeah. If it's if it's Bandit One, Bandit Two, Bandit Three, I don't give a shit. But if it's Jimmy the tall bandit, Lance the wide bandit, and um, Percival the bandit who fights with candlesticks. <laughs> the candle bandit. The candidate. Yeah, actually, candle bandit sounds a bit derogatory. Yeah, I like that. It sounds a bit like like a euphemistic um, military term for homosexual. <laughs> candle bandit. Yeah, or maybe someone just maybe someone just robs candles. I know, <laughs> steals candles. You can't rob a candle. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're it's a not a liquor beast. store. You could technically rob the candle from Mutant the Beast because it could own items. Yes. From presumably a sentient when he was cupboard. On fire. Yes, I mean that was that was literally his head. Yeah, I've not seen the films. Yeah, I'm probably really alright. Mm. They've got a new one, haven't they? Yeah, it's got that girl from Harry Potter. What, that girl from Harry Potter, Emma Watson. I know her name. Everyone knows what her name is. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was trying to appear cool. Trying to be not cool. Possible. No. Chris, ask me a question. I've asked you this one. I've asked you this one. Role players! Exclamation mark. Mm-hmm. What do you enjoy in tabletop role playing? Yeah, that's right. We're going broad. What is best in life? My it's favorite that, but thing, role playing. My favourite thing in tabletop role playing, and um, this is. So actually, here's an interesting discussion. Um, someone someone raised a um, a point in that paranoia is the kinkiest game available. <laughs> in that um, so this this is um, Alex Alex Roberts, I think her name is Muscular Pikachu on Twitter. Um, is uh, has has a point that the the the, the dom sub relationship between the players and the GM and between the NPCs and and and, and the players and the other players in paranoia is really kinky. 
um, which which kind of came out of a thing. So like, um, I wrote a thing. So I, you know, regular listeners will be aware that I wrote, the, I co-wrote the new Paranoia book, and I put in a thing on gender and sexuality, and basically saying you can be whatever gender you like. The computer doesn't care. And he said that uh, last week, and that's gone kind of viral now, which is nice. Uh, someone someone tweeted it and I said a few thousand retweets, which is really nice. Um, and most people are positive about it. Um, and I want to say I'm glad I rustled the jimmies of people who aren't. And it kind of led to a discu- like an in-depth discussion on Facebook about how the computer knows what kinks are and whether it cares. <coughs> uh, the, quick answer: the further you can remove it from vanilla heterosexual sex, the harder the computer has, the harder a time the computer has of understanding that it's wrong. Well, yeah, because it's it's programs that people shouldn't procreate. Yeah. So as long as it's far from that, you're fine. Yeah. Um, but. You know, wasting time and valuable resources. That 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 lube could have been used on on robots. <laughs> um, Mate, if you're using Castrol GTX, you're doing it wrong. That's true. Okay, maybe that that lube could have been used to to get troubleshooters into vents. There we go. That's <laughs> that's, that's better. <laughs> um, but with that. With that understanding, with, 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 with that understood, the fact that there is a like, it, it, throughout my games there is a strange dom sub relationship. My favorite thing in role playing is to be the games master and to take on the role of a cruel but politely authoritative woman. <laughs> I really like doing that. I like playing someone's awful mother, yeah, or maybe or maybe like mother in law or older sister. <clears throat> I like it to be familial. Um, rather than just your boss, I don't care if it's just your boss because, like, if it's just your boss, you can leave the job or whatever. Like, but, but like, dealing with dealing with family issues is a something is, is is a thing which I really like in my role playing games. And so, if I can be just really, really high society, really high status, and really cruel, and not like, oh, I'm going to have your arms cut off because I don't like, you, but like, oh, you're wearing that dress again. What a useful piece of costume. <laughs> I'm like, I'll, I'll just, I'll just, just like, like whenever anyone says something, completely disregarding, like completely belittling them in every way, I find that hugely satisfying, and I love doing it. And I don't know whether that's a sex thing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about you? What do you like, Chris? <laughs> well, if it's like, what do you like role playing as as a GM the most? Oh, maybe or as a player. Or as a player, I mean, but as a GM, yeah. I love role playing as mad people. Oh yeah, um, like when <laughs> you're playing a Cthulhu game and they're interviewing mm. somebody in the in an asylum. Oh, I remember. Yeah, it was quite creepy last time because you, you, you did that to us. Yeah, I I love doing it because it's a good it's a good way of using body language and mm. changing the way you talk mm. um, and trying to get across essentially a clue, so a fairly complicated point. Yeah. Whilst using over the top broken language. Yeah, very much so. Um, and I find that fascinating to try and get across. As uh, a as a player, my favourite thing is gambits. Gambits, heists. Yeah. Japes. I kinda wanna tell the story of um that Your time. Your twelfth level paladin? I... No, no, it's a real world story. Of that time you and I got a load of free drinks. Yeah. Perfectly legal. Um, so I um I used to work for this is gonna be quite the tangent, nothing to do with role playing, so just skip ahead if you're not interested. 
I was um, used to work for a men's magazine called FHM, and I was their computer games correspondent. And um, I used to get invited to silly industry events. And for the release of Street Fighter X Tekken, we had a uh, they had a Capcom set up a night for me and one of the journalists to um, basically two people from FHM to come along and play Street Fighter. Wasn't it? Tekken. No, it was FHM and Maxim. No, no, it was just FHM, mate. Oh right. They said they said um, bring it like Grant, bring along another journalist from FHM, and um, we'll do like you can play you can play against each other, and we'll make you these drinks, and we'll have we'll have a fun time. And so it was like, oh, this, this this all seems like fun. That seems good. And so I asked around at FHM, and I was I had no mates at FHM, so no one wanted to come and drink for free with me. So like, especially the cocktails in a room. Wow. No one wanted to cut and like and they dragged their heels on it and says, "All right, fine." Well, I mean, I'm just like I didn't go out for a drink with any of them socially. We weren't mates. You know, we were just yeah. we just we just worked together. I traditionally don't get on with people I work with um, because I'm that weirdo in the office, no matter where I am. Yeah, especially and in our so, office. What that it's me. Yeah, you're the weirdo in the office. No, it's me. It's me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you you wear trousers. That is true. I mean, I'm, I, don't I'm, have no worries. I'm wearing a skirt now, and um, we uh, and so I asked all my games journalism friends, and they didn't, and and like none of them were like, oh, I can't do it. It's really late notice, I can't do it. And so with two hours to spare, I I called Chris, and I said, and this this is back when Chris worked in um, worked in Crawley at Game Station, and so I called him out of the blue. Which, said, which sorry, just. Just, just for the fact that... Um, please, please, please chip in, by the way, because I've been talking a lot. That's fine. Just because a lot of people don't know where Crawley is, or indeed where mm. the story is. It's about mm. 60 miles away? Yeah, it's, it's a solid train ride away from yeah. London. Not that quick. was like, like, an, like an hour and 20? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I called up Chris at um, about 3 o'clock, and the meeting was at 6.30. I said, Christopher, I need your assistance in a gambit. Are you in? Yes, he said. I, I yes, I was instantly in. I was in the pub at the time, so I was slightly drunk. <laughs> and so, I I decided that I would I would get Chris in as my other because they wouldn't do it for just me, and also I didn't want to do it on my own. So I decided I'll get Chris in, and we would say he was from Maxim, another men's mag. And I I knew the editor of Maxim, so I got in touch and was like, "Hello, mate." Is it alright if I pose, if my mate poses as he's from your magazine, assuming he writes an article for you? And the editor of Maxim was like, yeah, that's fine, sure, that's okay. Because um, he, he cared about it as much as I did. <laughs> um, and so I called so I called up Capcom and said, hi, yeah, yeah, brilliant, we've, 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 um, I managed to get a guy from Maxim, they're sending a guy along. Um, and so we meet outside Capcom and have a cigarette and go up in the lift and I'm like so listen don't worry I'll do the talking just um just like like if anyone asks any questions say you're from Maxim no one's gonna ask too much just you're from Maxim okay yeah okay I understand cool that's fine oh I get um I get into the I, I get out of the lift and you go for a piss and the, and, the, and the lady arrives and she's like um oh where's the other guy I was like oh yeah he's just he just went off to have he just went off to the bathroom and you came back in and I was like hi uh, Chris right <laughs> like I didn't know who you were yeah, and I ruined it because I had to pretend we didn't know each other, and so we had to pretend we didn't know each other. Well, and also, like we were best man at each other's wedding. Yeah, we like I. I don't think I'm closer to any other even individual in the world. Like even my wife, 
I think I think like Chris and I have one of the closest relationships possible. We had to pretend we just met while someone plied us with alcohol. Oh, we and to be fair, it was great alcohol. Oh, they made, they made that like a bolognese bloody mary. Yeah. And at one point they just gave us a pint of alcoholic whipped cream. Yeah. It wasn't whipped, no, it was just cream. Yeah, it was just cream. Like... Just heavy cream. Because it was the fellow who runs the, was it, loading bar? Yeah, Jimmy Wiles. Yeah, wizard. You ever have got... a chance to get to get involved with that man's liquids? Oh, we got, yeah, actually, well, let's, let's, let's give a quick plug. Both the Street Fighter X Tekken, which is a lovely game, and <laughs> uh, which, which, which is quite good, and the loading bars are really nice places. Um... And I can recommend. Uh, I've, I've been on to secret weapon, secret weapon a couple of times in Stratford, which is real nice. And it, it's not in Falmouth, Falmouth. Well, the other one is. It's going to mean a lot to our American listeners. It's Falmouth is very far away from everywhere. So from I presume the sea. Google it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we we were basically blind drunk, and pretending we'd never met each other. And, and I had to be like, oh, okay, well, time to get home. Chris, how are you getting back home? Like he wasn't going to just come out with me and sleep on my sofa. <laughs> uh, we're not very good liars when that sort of stuff yeah, comes up. You know what? They didn't. They, it was bulletproof, mate. Yeah. And to all intents and purposes, seeing as you wrote an article for Maxim, which was then published, it wasn't a lie. No, that's very true. I well did done, that. I did later get you into a headphones launch as my photographer, and then I had to tell you who the famous people were, and you took pictures of the back of their heads. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I took a picture of the back of Pixie Lot's head, <laughs> who I, I had no idea. I'd actually bumped into her earlier. Yeah. Like, physically, because she was in the way. <laughs> Plus, she's tiny, man. She is a midget. You could breathe her in. Yeah. Um, we have question? gone well off RPGs what was, what was the question? What was the question? What do you enjoy in tabletop role playing? Was that it? Oh yeah, yeah, gambits and heists. Yeah, I like gambits and heists. I like I like silly things that shouldn't work. Yeah, and I like as a player investigation. Yeah, if, and if if somehow we can combine those two things, yeah, can we something to sleuth? Mm. Like I've recently been playing um, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Oh, it's like an investigative role playing game without the role playing, right? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, and I find that really cuts fun. all that bothersome acting out. Yeah. You can act if you want. Okay. Um, some of the solutions are a bit bobbins. Hmm. Well, it's Sherlock Holmes, mate. They're all bollocks. Yeah. But some are more bobbins than others. Can I say something? Yeah? I don't like Sherlock Holmes very much. He's a collection of personality traits and not an actual character. I don't... No, not the... I mean, I don't like the character at all, but, like, the short stories? I don't like them. I don't find them satisfying. No. And yet, like, somehow, I... I do like Poe's short stories, which are essentially the same thing. Well, Poe, well, he, um, he I, I think he had a, a better flair for the dramatic than Conan Doyle. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Conan Doyle, not Doyle. I, I feel, I feel that Poe also didn't try and write as many. Just the other thing. Yeah. Well, well like, I mean, a like lot he didn't, of them, try, he didn't uh, try and write as many like investigative stories or mystery stories. But Doyle wrote a lot of those under duress. What do you mean? Like he had to write them, essentially contractually obliged. Oh right, it does show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wasn't wasn't there like didn't Poe write? It was it was murder in the Rue Morgue. Yeah, where it was where a monkey. It was the orangutan. Like, come and on. come on, Poe, Telltale Heart. That was astonishing. What's this book? Right? Oh, I 
I do. I've got, I've got quite a soft spot for Poe, even like I think I've got a soft spot for Poe the same way that I've got a soft spot for Lovecraft. But like, if Lovecraft could write, yeah. Oh, if Lovecraft could Tro- write, it'd be throwing mad shade today <laughs> in this podcast. Lovecraft, a dangerous racist with access to too many thesauruses. Yeah, but, but, <coughs> but I quite like what he was putting out. What the racism? <laughs> On board, no. <laughs> They're books, yeah, not the, the treatises. Are, yeah, the short stories. Are quite, I, I quite like it. The and the long of stories. Well, the Mountains of Madness. Yeah. Well, did, did, did you have any other long stories? Probably his book of poetry yeah. is really crazy. Okay. Right. When you try, when you try and do poetry about the fungi from Yugoth, <laughs> like. That is a really easy thing to get some rhymes when you've already made up half the words. <laughs> like, you can just crank anything out and bang some rhymes in, and yet he doesn't. What rhymes with Yugoth? Shogoth! Or Blugoth. <laughs> Schmlinflankoth. Like, he just, you could just make up anything, doesn't matter. Mm. I'll tell you what I read recently. I read, um, I say recently, this time last year, I read um, King Yellow. Yep. Robert Chambers. That, that tails off hard, huh? Mm hmm. Like he's he's got he's got this really cool sort of sci-fi, occultist, weird, terrifying overworld, and then there's a, the mysterious ghost lady from a romantic book who arrives, and then there's a clown. Uh, Always clowns. Yeah. Man, today has been a, uh, just, yeah, a just a detour. Well, no one's sent in any questions. That's true. Why have you not sent in questions? Yeah, come on, man. We need. Come on, listener. We need your questions. Turb. Yeah, come on, Turb, where the hell have you been? Slacking, mate. We can rely on Turb for, for a better gag than we can produce. Look, wh- why don't you check the form and see if anyone's sent in any questions, Chris? I'll check the form. <laughs> Are you saying that you've just put in one just so we don't look silly? I'm, I'm going to neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> because this is a concerned listener asking what are your biggest turn-offs. Thanks for writing in, concerned listener. Grant, were you concerned and listening at the time? Well, thanks to my depression and my ears, I'm always <laughs> concerned and listening. <laughs> Is this your way of finally asking me out? Just, just, just let me love you! No! You're a married man. So That's imagine. Well, legally, yeah. I like to imagine that you've got you, you just you've just got like it's got like your 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 hand on my forehead pushing me back. So <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> so trying to hit trying to hit me, trying to hug me. Just 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 trying to give you bouquets and boxes of chocolates. What happened to the box of chocolates as a gift? That used to be a I thing. Think, I think it's still a thing, isn't it? Really? But like in a heart shaped box. Wow, it's all it's all Tinder and fuck parties these days, isn't it? Fuck parties. Imagine you just buy them rainbow condoms or something, like, or buy them some I don't know poppers, nuns. <laughs> like, what is it the kids are doing these I days? I don't know. I'm I'm quite the fan of sex. However, yeah. fuck parties sound god awful. It's just normal sex, but you um you put some put some fancy lights on. 
Oh right, that, then that's fine. It's, like, it's just strobe lights, but normal. <laughs> oh no, strobe lights! I couldn't do that. I mean, I know. some some twinkly fairy lights I could go for, but not like a just, strobe in my face. Can I just say, I never quite got the idea of fuck parties either. It sounds very um. I have I have enough enough problems like convincing one person that they need to see me naked, <laughs> let alone a room full. Yeah, that just sounds awful. If that's opt in, as all good sex is, I think they, I think they'd leave. <laughs> they would not stick around. Like, oh god, what what's he doing? Is that supposed to be sexy? Who invited him? Oh god, oh, what's what's that thing on his body? <laughs> I think it's his face. It looks like he crawled out of a cave. <laughs> I literally did. It looks like it looks like he detached himself from the wall of a cave. Horny. <laughs> like some kind of erect bat. Uh, like I don't, I don't. With the internet, I think that sex parties need to go the way of the gaming convention and just quietly die. <laughs> but there's more and more every year. What gaming conventions? Yeah. Are there? Yeah, they just pop up all over the place. I was under the impression that they were less popular now. We can talk to each other on forums. Well, we've been able to do that since, since the nineties. Well, but not everyone's had. Okay, I know that forums have existed since the nineties, but 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 the ubiquity of access and ease of use, yeah, fair. is something which has arrived within the last decade. I just I just feel that gaming conventions are tremendously awkward, and I can buy all of this shit online for cheaper. Generally, for cheaper, like the um, like rare and old stuff is fine. I guess you can get that from gaming conventions, but I can buy it from the internet. I don't know why I have to come. To a massive hall full of people that smell, full of people that smell as bad as I do. (laughs) Why are you smelling bad? Have you ever? What's happened to you? Have you ever entered? You have actually, listener. Have you ever had the unique pleasure of walking into a room of excited war gamers? Because they, because these these events generally, as a rule, take place in very badly ventilated rooms, Mm -hmm. and they just. There's a there's a wall of stank, and I don't know what it is about our hobby that attracts such a musk. It's such, it's potent, such a potent fug. For instance, many of you have only been role players and not war gamers. <coughs> if you happen to walk past a games workshop store, if mm-hmm. you are English, mm-hmm. assume are oh, they in America? They're, they're in, they're in, yeah, they're in America. They're, they're all over the place. Excellent. If you've never been in one, just pop in. Batter away the person trying to sell you overpriced miniatures who mm-hmm. will rush you as soon as you walk in the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just get a lungful. You it see, is unique. You see, there's a different smell in in games workshops. Yeah, it's. No, that's that's the thing. It's different from 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 the mass of war gamers because like you do, you generally don't hit that that stank until you've got a big game on. Yeah, but it's just the, it, it. I've never smelt that. Anywhere the a- else, the average smell in a in a um, in a games workshop is poly cement. Oh yeah, so it's a it's a it's a bonding agent which melts plastic, which means you can melt two pieces of plastic together, and the building stinks of it, and you go in there and it smells of desperation and poly cement. I uh, yeah, like there is there is there is a unique smell given to war gamers at. Like in heat, I suppose. <laughs> when, when there's a lot of them in a battle, At I guess. Fuck, 
<laughs> I guess fudge parties are going to smell like that too, haven't they? I guess. I mean, there's exertion. I mean, normal smicks. What normal? Normal smicks. Which is what I call it. Long like, snicks. Like average one on average one on one sex smells f- fine, I guess. <laughs> but like multiply that and get weird stuff in there. Let's <laughs> get weird. I'd like. I don't like the smell of latex. That's not nice. No. Um, what was the question? Fuck parties? Question mark? Oh yeah, that's the thing that turns you off. Yeah, what are your biggest <laughs> turn-offs? <laughs> My biggest turn-offs are turn-ups. Don't like them. My, my biggest turn-off is the song Turn Down For What? Turn Down For What? Um, precisely. Yeah. Oh, actually, I actually don't quite like that song. Yeah, everybody um, does. Honestly, when I submitted this question, I thought it would be better. <laughs> <laughs> then why did you submit this question to your own podcast, you <laughs> fraud? Because I thought it, I, well, I thought it would be better, and also I thought I could resist telling you it was me. <laughs> <laughs> you know you can't. I, I can't resist telling you anything I've done. It's so, so ridiculous. Oh man. Um, I guess I was, like normally we thank you for writing it at this point, but no one's written in. <laughs> She's lazy. And Terb's obviously ill, I worry about it. You you need to step your game up. Okay? Ladies, ladies, gentlemen, non-ladies and non-gentlemen, non-binary listeners and those who do not not subscribe to being either a lady or a gentleman. Ladles and gentle people, write in and ask us questions, please. We're dying here. (laughs) Okay? We are starving for content. We just launched a Patreon and we're up to $16, but we need your help, not just in terms of money, but also in content. We are nothing without you. And I don't mean that in a silly, joking, oh, we love you, end of the episode sort of way. We're, we're jonesing hard for content. I mean, literally, the the format of this is that we answer your questions. Yeah. I mean, maybe they could answer our questions? Like, to themselves? Maybe. Maybe we should start posing questions. We well, just change the that... format to questions, whether you like it or not. Well, that's the thing. I tried doing that, but I couldn't come up with any good questions to ask people, because like, then they just answered them, and it wasn't... <laughs> it was, it's, it's like, it's like um, what, what's your favourite spell? And they just had the spells, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, good. Oh. That's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Grease was quite popular, which is because it's, it's, it's the best Great spell. film. Not different. Yeah, okay. Christopher, I think Grant. it's time to call this Hearty Dice Friends to a Hearty Dice end. Indeed. I think next week we might have a Hearty Dice special where we don't do questions. We're going to be we're gonna, well, we're gonna be in person next week. We are? Yeah, we're going to be around. I believe we're going to be around. So, um, Oh no, it's week after. Bollocks. Yeah. Well, next week uh, we shall have something so- subtly different. Well, next week, oh, so I, I should just brief the listener, actually. Next week, I might have to just um, not release a podcast because I'm moving house and won't have the internet. Um, I move house tomorrow. So the internet's going to be a bit tricky around that one. I'll be, I'll be able to cut this together and put, in, and put this up. But there's going to be some tricky business around um, recording and uploading a podcast because I won't be able to talk to Chris. <laughs> um, which will make for a much less exciting podcast. Um so we'll see. I might have to release episode alpha because um, I managed to get an episode in recorded last week when we when I got back from holiday. But we'll see. Um, but 
until until you hear from us again, dearest hearty dice acquaintance, please write us some questions. Please review. Please tell a friend about us. We love you so much. We love it when you say nice things about us. And you have want... been saying lovely things. People have been saying such nice things. I don't normally get praise. No, no, you don't. <laughs> For obvious reasons. Yeah, I mean, generally you need to do things that are worthy of praise. Wow. I don't... Well, <laughs> you got praise for Unbound. Yeah. Well, I got praise for Unbound. Yeah, you did. And you, <laughs> and you the bicycle repairman at the back. <laughs> <clears throat> right. Thank you very much for listening. Um, if you have any ideas for... Oh, also, um, also something else I wanted to say. We want to get some guests on the show. Uh, we want to get people in uh, who we can talk to. Um, and so... Ask them about role-playing games and ask them some questions. Um, so we, we still want to keep this part of the show up where Chris and I answer your questions and questions we steal from the internet. Um, but we also want to have a guest come on and we want to have mainly people who aren't straight, white, cis, heterosexual dudes. Because that's mainly the podcast market and we are both that. Well, I mean, Chris is definitely straight and I'm, eh, you know... Whatever one step back is from straight on the Kinsey scale, yeah. Um, and I just think it'd be nice to get a bit of variety in on the podcast and also on the podcast uh, podcasting sphere at large. We'd also I'm also interested in doing a special sort of adventure, kind of bit of a live play podcast, special adventure, a special adventure. Um, so people could come on the podcast, and then Chris will be the dungeon master, and I'll be every NPC, and we just tell a story together. This is this has come about primarily because Grant loves to do a good voice. I love doing a good voice, and Chris hates doing voices. So this works well. Chris actually refuses to do dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hang on a sec. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Mate. Hang on a sec. I'm just. Oh, be back in a second. Kitchen Hello. You done? I start the kitchen. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you very much. All right. Okay. Food. Um. Oh no! First cupboard. I'm talking cupboard. Yeah. Yeah. First cupboard. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Sorry about that. That was the that was the chap who's backing up our house. Very nice of him. Yes, he just thought he'd come in and warn us. Um, so we'll have a special adventure, um, and we will guide you through. Um, and so, if you're interested in being on the podcast, um, especially if you are a non all those things I listed earlier person, then hit us up and we'll get you on the show. Um, Chris, is there anything else you'd like to say before we put this baby to bed? Um, only that you people are all glorious and wonderful. Yes, thank and I you, love so you very much. much. Also, I'd like to thank I'd like to issue a special thank you to our patrons. We have we earn sixteen dollars a podcast for this now, which is great. Which, uh, rather than anything, it covers my hosting costs for the podcast, which means that we are now just over breaking even, and that's what we want. We're much more than breaking even, uh, so this podcast isn't costing me money anymore, which is really lovely. Yeah. Um. So with what this means is that you are paying for me and my best friend to dick about on mic and uh, record it and have fun, and so thank you so much for that. That's really lovely of you. You're also inflating my self-worth, which is nice of you. Don't, yeah, like you need to be careful with that, because if Chris gets cocky, I find it very hard to control him. <laughs> it's, it's been, I think all the all the praise from Hearty Dice Friends is going to his head, because I haven't been able to get him to do any work for the last two weeks. It's been very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely me going on holiday that's done that. 
Mm, I don't know. The, I mean, the last week you've just been painting little space nuns. I can't, I can't get you to do any work. So we'll, uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyway, thank you very much. We love you. Um, and we're going to give you a little kiss on your cheek. So come real close. A little kiss. You going to give me a little kiss, Chris? Yeah, a little kiss. Mm-hmm. 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 There you no, go. Goes for two. Yeah. Well, you know, I want, I want them to think better of me. <laughs> love me more. Love me more. I'll let you ride me around like a pony. You will. I will. You can, I'll, just, I'll just carry you around, even if it causes me immeasurable back pain. I don't care. <laughs> and lasting problems. Mm. Anyway, now you know. <laughs>